We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. Your Thursday crew is here. The weekend is almost here as well. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason Perone, of the Pack a Day podcast and the Quick Slants podcast over at Game On Wisconsin, along with my co-host Mark Eckel of Packer Report. Mark, there's an actual Packers football game coming up tomorrow. Yes, there is. Well, it's preseason, but it's an actual. It's still fun. They're going to play. There's going to be a different team on the field. And how, how, I mean, I don't know if ironic is the word, but it's been 10 days shy of seven months since the Packers last played. Yep. And... You know, it's going to be. It's obviously the the intensity is is much different, mm-hmm. and the there'll be a lot of different faces, but it's the same opponent. Yep. San Francisco 49ers. 49ers once again, and obviously there's a lot of. We'll we'll get into that. We'll get into it. We'll talk about training camp, updated stories, preseason. Heard some heard some comments from the quarterback about preseason, which we're going to talk about as well. But before we jump into all of that, as we always do. Let's talk some weather. Not as much weather from around the world, so we don't we don't have as much. So Robin Erickson in Oslo, Norway, kicks us off furthest east at this point, unless I've got my geography wrong, but I don't think that that is the case. Uh, nothing but sun, 79 degrees Fahrenheit, a bit of wind. Not too bad. It's a little more moderate and what we would hope for in, in, uh, in summer in Europe after they were having such a record-breaking heat wave out there. So that's Robin out there in Oslo, Norway. And then our friend Felix over in Germany. Um, high of 91 degrees. At least the nights are getting a bit cooler. They get down to 59 degrees. So there's a, see that uh, temperature disparity there? Yeah. Little little windy, but no rain. So uh, he did mention, because I, I mentioned his um, grapes and vineyard, and he does indeed, his family owns a vineyard in Germany. So obviously the weather is very, very important. Wanted to give you a credit. Uh, respect to Mark for knowing that Riesling is, in fact, the most common variety here in Germany. Hmm. Our Riesling is mostly dry with lower acidity. It grows on very minimal, mineral, very mineral soil. So good call there. But um, Oh, you know, I, 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 I don't want to get off on this, but 
you know, I, I, I've told a million people this in my life. I, I actually took a course in college. Uh, in college, when I went to college, in between semesters, you, well, you had to do this two of your four years, and you could do it all four and get three easy credits. So I did it all four years and got, you know, 12, 12 credits. There was these courses that you could take that were like off the wall kind of stuff. Right. And one of them was called um, wine. I forget the exact. It was basically learning his learning about wine. So I took that course and I tell my friends now that's the only college course that I still use. Okay, there you go. Because it's and still I, yeah. I learned more from that, and I've used it more than any other course I've ever done. You know, right? Well, I guess some of the, I, I through the years I probably used some of my English courses and math courses, but not anymore. Sure. Now college is this this, uh, this thing that's out there that we pay some money to, and some people get rich, and it's not us. And we hope to see it back in our lifetime. And then if, if someone comes out of college and gets student loan debt, then all right, now we're really getting off on a tangent. But anyway, what Felix said was that. So the, tell, uh, tell my manager, uh, if he's listening, um, you know, it wouldn't hurt to maybe uh, try some of his wines. Okay. There you go. We, yeah, no, we, we wouldn't yeah, We wouldn't mind. Well, the, the picture he sent, the grapevine that he sent us was actually um, Pinot Noir. So oh, the, that's the my pic- favorite. The picture that he sent me was Pinot Noir. but um, That's my favorite wine. That's our guy Felix in Germany. And then we have a new entrant, Mark, this week. We've got JJ from Liverpool out in the UK. He's got his ticket to go see the Packers play in London. He will be there against nice. the Giants. Loves the podcast. It is sunny, high of 80 degrees Fahrenheit in Liverpool, London. Or UK. Sorry, not London. UK. Liverpool, London. UK. Liverpool, yeah. I just blew it. I always blew those geography every single every single show. So, well, Jay, Liverpool, you know, I mean, come on, you know what Liverpool is. I, I do, but did, Jay, okay. thank you for sending in your weather. And yes, I butchered it, so I'm so sorry. Um, the greatest band, the greatest band of all time is from Liverpool. That would be the Beatles. The Beatles. Okay, gotcha. Right. Probably, you're probably a little too young for the Beatles. No, I know the Beatles. I obviously, okay. the Beatles. So I'm, I'm, I'm with it, but uh, I did not make the connection there. So shame on me. But anyway. Uh, so as far as Europe goes, that is our those, that's our European contingent. So we come stateside, and we're at we're at Myrtle Beach. Uh, what is what are things looking like over by you, Mark? Uh, still hot, but not as. Um, remember, I was last week. I was saying it was that muggy hot. Oh my god! So you know you couldn't breathe. No, now it's just it's nice. It's 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 August. It's August weather. It's high eighties. Um, nice, you know, great beach days because you know it's eighty something, eighty eight, eighty nine. But you, but you get that ocean breeze, and it's. It's just, it's just, it's perfect August, sunny, warm weather. The ocean is really warm. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll branch off a little bit here. The ocean's got to be 80 some degrees. Okay. I mean, it's, it's too warm. Like, like you jump in the ocean to cool off. You're not cooling off. It's, it's, you know, right. It's not doing its job. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, or you do like, you know, like, I don't know if you're a beach ocean guy, but. You know, usually when you go in, it's a little cool. And you have to like put your foot in, and then you kind of like go a little further, Work a little your further. Now you just jump in. It's 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 like taking a bath. It's good. <laughs> it is all good. Well, what's interesting too, and I don't know if you, I'm sure you experience this too, is that when you're close to water, you actually get the benefit of it during the winter. Because I remember living in in uh, near Milwaukee. You lived near the lake. You would get a little bit of a uh, little bit of a warming effect. Because some of that heat that was stored up over the summer yep. um, comes out and it, it warms up the air a little bit, so uh, I'm sure you, you benefit from that. And those absolutely frigid summer uh, winters that you have over there at Myrtle Beach, I'm sure you're bundled oh, yeah. up like a. <laughs> well, we get well, that's why we get fog. Yeah, 
a lot because right. of cold. You know, I'm not right. a meteorologist, but right. we do get fogs a lot of times sure. over, the, over the water. Where it, uh, until it warms up a little bit later in the day. So in Green Bay, 75 degrees, sunny. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah, not bad, right? Beautiful weather. Not too hot, not too humid. The humidity factor is 46%. Stub, which would be high for me here in the Phoenix area, but for most people, otherwise, other that's, that's, that's not too bad. Yeah. Here in Phoenix, we are just over 100 degrees, 103, and it's been partly sunny. So lately we've had this thing where, we, where we're getting these um, thunderstorms almost three or four times a week now. And it, which is common during the monsoon season. So we get the humidity that comes through, which for us is, you know, probably what, 30, 35%, but it's enough to create uh, storms. And that's where we get a little bit of that storm activity. And in fact, we get a lot of those dust storms. And, and some people have heard them call, have referred to as haboobs. Now, a, a haboob is an, a specific like magnitude of dust storm where it's huge. And it looks like that scary thing in the, in the movies where this big brown cloud is enveloping the city. Um, we haven't had too many dust storms, so sometimes we don't even get the rain or the, you know, the thunder lightning. It just looks very ominous outside, but it ends up just being dusty and windy. So, uh, I don't know. That's, that's our, that's our weather, but the rain is good though. Cause it keeps the air cleaner. We have, you know, we have a lot of air quality issues out here if we don't get rain. So, uh, a little over a hundred degrees over here in the Phoenix area. And then topping it off as always in Kamloops, Canada is hairy. Thunderstorms are moving in, said it's been five or six days of no clouds and up to 95, but uh, Thursday down to 91, low of 63, storms coming in. So he said he's going to need the talcum powder in the, uh, with, uh, with the humidity that's coming in there. So there's your weather around the world, not too, too much. So right. getting, back to, getting back to Green Bay... Just a little bit of little bit of news that hit on Wednesday, and I think that came out before our our Wednesday team was able to uh, talk about it on their show. There were a couple of a uh, couple signings, and there was a cut. So we'll start with the long snapper Stephen Wordle. He was released on Wednesday, which leaves, I believe, just Jack Coco. He's still on the roster, Mark. And yes, we were just Coco. talking before the show started. Obviously, he's going to snap in the preseason game, and he may or may not start the season as the long snapper. Right. I mean, it's, well, obviously it's his, he, he beat out Wirtel, so it's his job for now. Um, but if there are some errant snaps tomorrow night, um, I think he'll have some competition in, in there on Monday. Um, the Packers did bring in some guys for a look-see the other day. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they're doing their due diligence. I actually looked it up um, because of the problems with long snapper. I, I, I just wanted to see. How many te- How many of the thir- how many of the thirty-two teams uh, were carrying an extra long snapper? And I guess it's not that hard to believe. But there's only two teams in the entire league. Oh, three. Well, Green Bay was the third when they had Coco and and Wirtel, So now they're out. Uh, only Cincinnati and Houston have two long snappers, and um, it's uh, they're both in similar situations. They both have longtime veterans. Um, the Bengals have a guy that I believe was an originally a Packer draft pick, Clark Harris. Uh, I think he was. I'm pretty sure he, the Packers actually drafted him at one point um, as a tight end. Um, but he, um, I think it's the same guy. I I'm I'm hope I'm right here. Um, anyway, the Bengals have him who's been around forever. And then they have a rookie, I believe, from Pitt. And then uh, Houston has a guy who's been around like 12 or 13 years. And they have a rookie from Air Force. 
So, for, you know, obviously both teams are going to make a cut. Mm-hmm. Um, if either one of those teams, and I would think Houston may be more so than Cincinnati, since Cincinnati's a defending AFC champion, they're probably not going to trust a rookie, I wouldn't think. But you never know. Um, the rookie's really, really good. Uh, but Houston, a team, you know, they're obviously in re- rebuilding mode. Uh, maybe they look to save a couple dollars, keep the rookie long snapper, and, and cut the veteran. I would think that veteran would, would be on the next flight to Green Bay. Right. Well, like you said before we were recording, too, it's like long snappers are not typically drafted. So there's got to be beyond just whatever NFL teams cut. There's got to be some other guys that are out there on the street. I mean, like you said, it's, it's you were kind of tongue-in-cheek, but every college team had a long snapper, right? So right. wouldn't one of them have stood out? I mean, this is, this is where the the personnel department and the scouting team kind of earns a little bit of their bread where you're trying to find somebody who's, you know, low key or maybe not so low key after the way last season ended, very uh, integral part of, of your, your team. I mean, the snap's got to be good. This is points. If you're talking about field goals. Yeah. So, and, and, and you don't want bad snaps on punts either. Right. So Steven works. Is, 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 is Brett good still around? I seriously, I mean, how many times, how many times did they pull him out of retirement because they couldn't get it together? He he was sitting on his couch more than once relaxing and, uh Oh, (laughs) it's Ted Thompson, honey. Yeah. I think I'm going back to work. Yeah. Don't answer his wife. Say, don't answer. I don't want him. Jeez. Yeah. Don't. I'm going to tell him, tell him, I'm going to answer and tell him that you're not here. (laughs) Right. Well, if you get a chance, I mean, I'm biased. If I had a chance to go play for the Green Bay Packers and long snap, I could probably handle that. I mean, it's, it's not, I guess. And and he always went back, but I'm just saying it it got to the point where like they wouldn't let him retire. (laughs) Right. He kept, they kept needing him. Well, Hopefully they can find the the Packers had a couple good ones. I mean they had Brett Goode, they had Rob Davis for many years. Oh yeah, and he was he him. was really good. So they've had some they've had some good snappers. Haven't really had to worry about it much, but until, until lately, until lately. And it's been and you know, the Eagle snapper is Rob Lovett, Lovett or Lovett. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. Um, he's you know he's good enough. I mean you know he's in the league and he was on the Packers for like a week a couple years ago. I think they're. He, and then they cut him because their guy, whoever it was, came back. And he's been in Philly ever, more than a couple years ago now. It had to be at least five years now, I think. Um, but he was originally a Packer. Okay. They probably should have looked, I mean, hindsight being 2020, probably just should have kept him. Right. I think I remember his name. Sounds vaguely familiar. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's the Packers have to, you know, they're, they're doing what they do there and plucking who they like. And I've and, always wondered this. And, again, I don't. I know the game has become when I, again, I go way back, right? 85. I started covering, covering the NFL. Um, it used to be that you didn't have a quote unquote long. I mean, you had a guy that snapped on kicks and punts, but it wasn't a long, it wasn't that, that wasn't always, it was like the backup center. Or like the, or sometimes thir- the, fourth, the third train tight end or whatever. Like, yeah. Well, not even, th- I, mean, I mean, sometimes it was, a, it was just your, the starting center did it or the backup center did it. Like, you you mean to tell me like Jake Hansen couldn't couldn't do this? Right. I don't I mean maybe he can't. I don't know. I mean I don't know what why and how it became it got away from that, where it got away from a real player doing you know what I'm saying, where they brought a guy in that just long snaps. Right. That's all he does. I right. mean uh, I it, I don't know. Yeah. It happened somewhere in the nineties, I guess. Well, yeah. Specialists became very special, so well, hopefully the Packers. And you would get- think with a salary cap, and 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 worried about roster spot, you would think 
it would go the other way, right? Like you would save save money and save a spot by having Hanson or whoever be the long snapper. Right. I don't know. But I guess if he never did it in college, he, he, he's not used to doing it. Yeah, there's no guarantee he's going to be good at the pro level, I guess. I you know, I, I don't know. A lot, lot, of, lot of question marks, I guess, there. And the Packers know better than we do, but... Uh, no, no, it's not, I'm, again, this isn't a this isn't singling out the Packers. The whole league, nobody. I don't think any long snapper plays plays a no, position. Now. They're all specialists. Yeah, they're all well, specialists because I mean, everyone's going too, way, way I, back. I, I guess everyone's too I afraid to. I guess everyone's too afraid that someone's going to get hurt. I don't. know. Well, that's why you um, use your you use your backup. I mean, I don't. Know. So, all right, yeah. So, speaking of getting hurt, that leads to the next thing I want to talk about. So, let me ask you this. Do you think starters should play at all in the preseason? Well, before we before we do that, because that's okay. a, a very good question, just a couple quick signings that the Packers had oh, to. Yeah. So they signed that safety USFL Micah Micah Abernathy. I don't know anything about him, uh, so I don't I don't and, know. And, and then they and then don't they, waste your time learning anything about him because he's not going to be. He's there as a camp body. And then they also yeah. signed uh, running back Dexter Williams, which is a, a very familiar name. He was formerly with. The Packers and they've added him. They just don't have any running backs to take reps in camp, so Dexter, or, to, or to play tomorrow night, or to play right. So Dexter Williams is back, but if Kylan Hill is on track and Patrick Taylor, they're they're they've got their running backs. So Dexter Dexter Williams, if anything, is is practice squad or he'll be he'll be looking around again soon. But he was signed for a couple more weeks. They had him in for a tryout, and they ended up adding adding him in. I don't know if you have any thoughts beyond that, since we talked about that before the show started. No, I think he has no shot at making the team, right? Unless there's a rash of injuries. So, you know, hopefully that's not the case. But no, I mean he's here because they're playing tomorrow night. They have Dylan and Jones are not going to play in preseason. Uh, Hill's still on pup. And Taylor is a little banged up, so they're probably not going to. They don't want Taylor to play. So all they have is are the, are the two kids, um, BJ Baylor and um, and Goodson, the kid from from Iowa, who's looked pretty good in camp from from what I'm reading and hearing. Um, but you don't want just two guys. It's hard to get through a, even a preseason game with just two backs. You don't want to overload those, and they're, and they're rookies at, at at that. So Williams knows the offense because he was in it for a year or two. Um, yeah, that was a, it makes sense. Bring him in, let him get beat up in preseason, and thank him for his time and send him on his way. And then off off we go. Off we go. So a couple signings, but nothing really noteworthy as far as what we think is going to happen after preseason and, and staying power. It was it was more of just, hey, we got to have enough guys to play in this game and and get through with. So back to your question about should starters play in the preseason? And... I guess my 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 answer to that is kind of uh, it's not necessarily straightforward. So if if you're only going to pl- pick and choose a few starters here and there, well, how how helpful is it for them to be in there if other guys aren't playing? So maybe it is, but if it's That's not, my question. Would you're all right? Matt Lafleur calls you says, Jason, listen, I I love the podcast. I, I love you on Quick Slants. You really know this team inside and out. No, that call's coming out. soon, by the way. Hopefully, yeah, I'm, 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 that's why I'm, 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 I'm anticipating that. Yeah. Help me out here. You know, I'm not playing anybody the first preseason game, but we we got two more after this. Should, should I play the guys? Like, should should, should Rogers play? And Jones and Dylan and should I have you know, um, you know, 
Alexander and Stokes and Douglas out there at corner. Tell me, what should I do, Jason? If I'm only if I'm only able to pick one answer, yes or no, I'm saying no. Don't play him. Don't play him. Don't play the rap. don't don't play the starters. You don't, don't. I don't want to see any of them till till the till the Viking game. Till the Vikings game. Till week one. See, I don't. I disagree. I mean, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and then most people go along with that. We don't want anybody to get hurt. But then you get what you get last year against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get it. You, know, I mean, you, you can get it. You can get a stinker in week one. Well, talk about what what Rogers said because Aaron Rodgers talked about the preseason and he said something very interesting. I would have you would have thought that his take was, "Hey, I don't need to play in the preseason." That was not what he said, though. So tell no. tell everybody what his comments were. Well, what Rogers said, and I'm paraphrasing, but um, he said, "If I'm going to play, I want to play. Right. I don't want to play one series. Right. That doesn't mean that does." And I agree 100. percent Yeah, one series doesn't mean it. Let them play a half. Let right. the starters play it. At, let them at least, especially this season. I mean, again, I'm, I know I'm old school, and 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 I, I, you know, I often tend to lean toward the way that things used to be, because they were better. Then. I mean, they they don't do anything in camp anymore. They they have two hour, maybe maybe two hours of practice a day when they used to have five and six. Um, let yeah, let Rogers and Aaron Jones and Dylan and Lazard and. Whoever's starting a tight end, Mercedes, whoever, whoever it might be, the line, let them play a half of football. If somebody gets hurt, so be it. They, they, if they're going to get hurt, they're going to get hurt. I mean, guys get – so they don't get hurt in preseason, but then they get hurt. You know, the Packers, all right, we're not playing anybody in preseason because we don't want anybody to get hurt. And then they lead the league in injuries anyway. Right. So, I mean, what are you accomplishing there? All you're, all you're accomplishing is getting blown out by New Orleans in week one last year. Turned out it didn't matter. He still got the top seed, but it was an embarrassing opening game. I mean, they, you know, um, well, I, again, I'm, I, I understand what preseason is about. It's a, it's, it's not about Aaron Rodgers. It's about Jordan Love. It's, it, it's not about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. It's about who's going to win that third running back spot and 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 who's going to beat a third pass rusher and who's going to beat a third safety and a fourth cornerback and and I understand that. And that's because you know what you have. In, in, you know, Rodgers and Jones and Dylan and Lazard and whoever else, um, you know. But especially this year when the offense is really new, I mean, other than Rodgers and Jones and Dylan, it's 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 a makeshift. It's an, until back to Ari and Jenkins are back, and it was nice seeing Elton Jenkins do some sprinting in practice. At, um, I saw a, a video yeah. of, him, of him running hard looking mm-hmm. Whoa! I was like, okay. I mean, again, that's running isn't playing football, but it, it was a good sign to see a guy coming off an injury running as hard as as, as he was running. But well, if the goal is to get him back to playing football, running is a good first, for, right. you know, exactly. early step. But anyway, without those two, you it's a makeshift offensive line. It's a totally you know, other than Lazard, who's moving from the third or fourth option to number one and then Randall Cobb, who's, you know, going to be in the slot again, but you know, Watkins is, is new to the offense. And I want to talk about him a little bit later too, because he's not getting cut. Um, and then you got all the rookies, Dobbs and Torrey. And if, if Watson ever shows up um, and then even, you know, Jawan Winfrey, you know, mm-hmm. who people are talking about, they need, they need to play with Aaron. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate, isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Rogers, and not just in practice. They they need, I think they need reps with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I could be, again, I'm old school, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure a lot of people are listening to me now saying, oh, we don't know, we don't want nobody to get hurt. And I understand that. But guys get hurt. If a guy's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt, whether right. it's in the last preseason game or the second regular season game. Man. Right. You know, David Bakhtiari, who hasn't played in over a year, except for a handful of got hurt in practice, like, getting ready for the, you know, the mayor's game, right, two, two years ago. Uh-huh. So, I mean, what, so guys couldn't practice all, all year either because they might get hurt? Right. No. I mean, what do you, you know? Yeah. Um, there's there's all kinds yeah, of I – mean, I think you, the offense needs more, – more so than the defense. I think this offense needs to play together this preseason. A little bit. Of, again, I'm not – not, not one series like Aaron says. I agree with him 100% there. A half. One half out of, out of three games is all I want. Well, I'm sure they'll make they'll make the best decision for the for the team that they yeah, that, they're, that they, they want to make. Because last year was very concerning, but it also was kind of one of those things where it's like, well, but it wasn't like they were in the doldrums for weeks. They, you know, they had one really bad game, and the one thing I don't want them to do is just chalk it up and say, oh, that well, that was an outlier and anomaly. It's like, well, no, I mean, it could end up becoming a, a consistent thing if you don't play your players. I mean, everyone remembers. Most of our audience, some of them might be too young, which would be very young, but most everyone remembers what it used to be, which was that your starters, except for the fourth preseason game, which there aren't four anymore, but for the except for the fourth preseason game, your starters started every preseason game. Now, in the first one, they played about a quarter, and in the second, uh, and the second one, a ah, quarter, quarter and a half. By the third preseason game, they played a full half. Yep, Sometimes and it was it was the that was the that was the, the tune up. 
You know, that was like the that was the tune up. It was like yep. if you wanted to watch a preseason game, you pick pick the third one because that's the one yes. where most of your players are gonna are gonna play the majority of the game. So now we'll see if that ends up happening. I think there's something to be said this year situationally to your point, Mark, which is Yes, you've got some young players on offense that I think would benefit from playing with the starters and being ready instead of having the first game action be in week one where they're on the road, loud venue, especially if they're if it's one of the rookie offensive linemen or something like that, and you get a bunch of false start penalties, and those kind of things can be sneaky big problems for a team that's trying to win a big game on the road. So, oh, I, I said, I know, again, that's just me. And again, if, if they don't play... I'm not going to be one of them guys that like, oh, my God, I can't. Listen, I, I trust Matt LaFleur and his staff. They've won, you know, 39 games in three years. I'm not going to – he knows what he's doing. I'm not yeah. going to – if he feels that's the right way to do it. And, and, again, he sees practice every day. He knows – and, again, I, Andy, Andy Reid was one of the first coaches that stopped playing his players in preseason. And I remember when we asked him about it and – he would like, and then some years he he did play him. Like it was like every year was a little bit different, and we didn't. So we were never sure what was going to happen. And when 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 I or someone else would ask him about, well, how come you? Play? His answer, and it was it wasn't a bad answer, was, I I know I got enough out of practice this week that I don't have to see. I, I we're talking about Donovan McNabb was a quarterback then. He would say, Donovan had a good enough practice this week that he didn't have to play Friday night. So uh, he, he wouldn't say it the other way, but when he, if he did play in a preseason game, then obviously he didn't get enough out of practice that week. Maybe it, maybe the weather affected it, or maybe he just wasn't on his game, or whatever it was. But so I'll, I'll trust the head coach knowing what happened in practice every day, um, and you know, and now now are the, pa- the Packers are doing this right with the Saints? Is it are they going to practice? Gonna have, yeah. That's go. That's taken. That's because more and more teams are doing that. That kind of. They're going to play like the Rodgers and his offense will get a lot of reps against the Saints defense mm-hmm. that week. So, which will be which will be a good test because Saints defense is pretty good. Um, so therefore, they don't maybe maybe that takes the place of having to play in the preseason game. I don't I get I don't know. I mean that's that's up to the coaches and 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 what they see and and what they want to do. Right. Well, the joint practicing if you remember a couple of years ago it was okay but Rodgers didn't seem to be a huge fan of it. I know. And then you had you had the safety that that uh put a big hit on Jay Sternberger and Sternberger ended up starting the season hurt. So, I mean these guys are out there trying to earn jobs. Was that in jobs. practice you, or in the game? It was in practice. It was in practice. It was in practice. Yeah, it was in a practice, and uh, and he. That's why it was so frustrating because it's supposed to be a controlled environment, and then here, there you go, and you've got. But the thing is, is you've got to your point. If you're giving all of your your second, third, fourth string guys the reps because you know what your starters can do, and you're trying to look at your young talent. Well, those guys are also trying to earn jobs. I mean, it's hard to to get in an NFL team. So if your one chance to get in into and, and play on an NFL team is now. Well, you're going to bust your ass in practice, yeah. and if you if you cross the line a little bit, well, so be it. It's still football. It's like you know you might get in trouble. I guess you could get kicked out of practice, but I don't think a team is is going to be upset that a player is not trying as hard as they possibly can. But in an effort to do that, 
you're going to bang into people. You're going full speed. Stuff's going to happen. You know, things, things, you, you know, you could tweak an ankle, knee, whatever it be, all that kind of stuff. But to your point earlier, it's like, you know, unless you're putting guys in bubble wrap, except for the three hours a week that they're playing in a game, they got to practice at some point. They've got to get, they've got to get good at, at doing some of this stuff. And you made a really good point earlier too, where you were talking about this, this culture now where everybody's on social media. And, and I talked about it on quick slants a couple days ago too, where the, the stuff that the beat writers are going to are going to tweet about, they're not going to sit there and say, "Hey, Zach Tom had an average snap there. He held up well. Uh, the you know the the rusher didn't get any penetration, and uh, the pass was complete." You're not going to hear about that. You don't hear about stuff like yeah. that. He might have six or seven of those reps in a row, which to me is more n- noteworthy than one bomb that Romeo Dobbs caught. But they're going to you're going to hear about the bomb because that's what people want to see and and will click on and will will cling to, right? So everybody's got this this perception of how things are going in practice, but again, it's just practice. Now you covered a guy, and you've talked about this on our very own podcast. You covered a guy that Packers fans are very very familiar with, who was terrible in practice, but he had a pretty nice career in the NFL. Yeah, a guy named Reggie White. Oh, that guy. Um, I know that guy. And Reggie, I mean, people have listened to us know that Reggie and I were very very close as as a writer player can be. I mean. Um, we got along very well. I told the story how, in a roundabout way, I got him to Green Bay. But um, it's funny, Reg. If you didn't know, if you watched practice, and you didn't know any, if you just came here from wherever, and you know knew the game but didn't know any of the players, all right, and you're watching, and you would say, "Man, that '92's not very good, is he? Man, what's he a undrafted rookie somewhere? Old, some guy trying to make the team?" Because he, he wouldn't do anything. He was, he was out there um, until Buddy Ryan was the coach then. Later it was Rich Coat type when, when Bud Carson coached the defense. But it was under Buddy where Reggie just went, like I said, he couldn't be bothered. Until Buddy would blow the whistle and yell, Reggie, I need you, to, I need you on this play. And then he would like, you know, throw three linemen down and go get, and go, you know, they weren't, they not sack the quarterback because you don't hit quarterbacks in practice, but it would have been a sack. So, you know, when, when, when buddy needed him, Reggie did what he, what, what Reggie did. And, um, funny story. So like I said, Reggie and I, I could, you know, I talked to him all the time. And so it's one time I'm, I'm talking, it's, it's in the locker room after practice one day or whatever. And so I said to him, I said, Hey Reggie, I said, you know, you always talk about being a man of God. And he looks at me and says, well, yeah, you, you know that I'm a minister and all that, and I said, but you know, you're you're kind of the opposite of God. And he gives me this look, like, like, like I'm I'm, I'm almost like I'm scared, like he's going to hit me. <laughs> and uh, he's, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, you know, God worked six days and rested on Sunday. I said, you rest for six days and only work on Sunday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he liked yeah. that. He 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 did last. Oh, I'm sure. He had, that, that. he had that contagious laugh too. But he had that contagious laugh yeah. too. That was that was very in his signature smile, and, and we we love Reggie. He was obviously a huge part of turning the Packers around and, and getting a Super Bowl in '96. And that's just a, a, another another thing there too. It's not to say that everybody's Reggie White and that that you know guys like Rashawn no. Gary and and Jair Alexander. You know they can just now, take let me tell you the guy. Let me tell you the guy that in, in all my years uh, of good of a, a good player who practiced like he was trying to make the team like like, a, like you thought it again if you didn't know any better you would think man this guy he, he he must be you know on the 
deep on the depth chart. He's working his butt off every day, but was a great player. Was Ricky Waters, uh-huh. the the running back? I mean, he. I never saw a guy of his status. I mean, he ran out every play. He were. I mean, people people liked him, didn't like him, whatever reasons. But nobody, no star player, no player for that matter, I'm star or not, worked harder in practice than than Ricky Waters mm-hmm. of, of of the guys of the thousands of players that that I covered in thirty some years. I mean, like I said, he, you would think he was, you know, he was worried about making the team. Right. Well, some guys are just wired that way. Like I, I yeah. played, I played high school football with Mike Brown safety for the bears. Right. And he, it was the same thing for him. Like if he's playing football, he's playing football. There's only one speed, one gear, one effort level with that guy, whether it was a walkthrough an actual practice or a game. I mean, there were times when, and the, the year that I played with him, unfortunately, we had a, a good head coach and we were just starting to turn the culture of the team around because it had been bad for a long, long time. And so we didn't actually win a lot of games that year because it takes a while to get the bus started, right? But, and there were, there were a couple of games where we would lose a close one and we'd be on the bus on the way back and Mike was looking for anybody that would go and like get on the field with him when we got back to back home and go run drills and stuff with them. It's like, I don't know if I want you ticked off running at me right now. Like I'm good. I'm just going to go chill and relax and I'll see you tomorrow when we come in for our lift. But, but some guys are like that. Some guys just practice the way that they play and they're wired that way. And it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to do something, it's kind of to a little bit of kind of to, to the effect of what Aaron Rodgers said. It's like, if you're going to do something, then make it helpful, make it worthwhile. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, want to play a whole game or he's not, he's going to practice like he needs to make the team. You know, I think, but if it's, if you're going to do something, make it make sense. And I kind of wanted to ask your thoughts on something, Mark, because I don't, I don't know if, if you get a chance to check out quick slants every week or not. One of the things that I talked about on the show was I, I wanted to expand a little bit more on what Tunyon said, Robert Tunyon mm-hmm. last week. Did you see his comments? Go ahead. Re- so he said remind. he so he 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 basically was he did an interview with Barstool and he talked about how last year and the year prior or definitely last year because he was you know he was hurt but he said that the the, the Packers were really good and they were they had a great chemistry in the locker room and they had nothing they had everything going for them won a bunch of games home field all that kind of stuff but there was this air in, in the at the end of the season where they just kind of were like can we do this? Do we want to do this? And he almost, he used the, he used the term, like it was almost like it was like F it. And I thought that was really interesting because hmm. for a team that is as successful as, as they are, it's like, what is it that's happening that you're winning all these games in regular season, but then you let yourself slip at the end of the year versus teams that win it all. It's like, rarely do you see those NFL films break down and, and recaps of the Super Bowl champions where there isn't some, motivating things that happen, polarizing moment, uh, you know, galvanizing thing that happens where the team is just like, you know, running through a brick wall, just like the Packers did in 2010, where they ran everybody, ran over everybody. And so part of this whole equation here is Matt LaFleur and the head coach, making sure your team is mentally, emotionally prepared in addition to being physically prepared. So I think being prepared for preseason and, and getting ready to go into the regular season and making this decision on, do how many do these guys play? Do they not play? It's a 17 game season now. You know, I think all of that kind of factors in, and I and I think he's got a big job ahead of him here. Because I said, if if they do this again this year, if they win 11, 12 games again, you know, if they win 13, God bless them. But if they win 11, 12 games, that's still pretty good. They win the division, they get to the playoffs, they have high hopes, 
and they lose. Again, even if it's not by something stupid like special teams, they lose a legitimate game to somebody and it isn't dumb. Well, now Matt LaFleur is the most successful head coach to start out his, his career in NFL history that hasn't done jack in the playoffs. And that's eventually going to become the story. So, Well, then he's Andy Reid. Well, I was going to say, you were, I was, that's a perfect transition. Because I would say, you were around a lot of Eagles teams, right? Mm-hmm. So how often did the vibe change where in preseason you're like, man, I don't know if this team's going to be very good. Then by the end of the year, it's like, wow, they really changed and, and grew and morphed. Or, or is it already kind of taking shape at this point? And is Matt LaFleur like literally having to already think about January in, in August? Well, I always thought, like, and again, just my thinking was like, the Eagles had those regular season runs where they they were like the pack, they were the, they were top seed, but yeah. but the one year they were two seasons. seed yeah. and they they lost. The first year they they went to the NFC Championship game four straight years. The first year they were it was kind of a surprise, and they got there and they lost to the Rams. Um, they were just the Rams were a better team, I and mean, that was the greatest show on turf. Um, and they. And I lost in St. Louis. Um, good game, you know. Everybody thought no one thought anything of that. Like, hey, good year. Well, and and then the talk was, we got to get them at home. We got to get home field. We got you know, we can't. If, if if we had the Rams outside in Philly in January, we'll beat them because it's going to be cold. It's going to be it might even be snowing and this and that and the other thing. That speed will we'll offset that. Blah blah blah. They went on and on about that. Kind of like the Packers when they lost in San Francisco, right? A couple years ago. Yeah, we got them at home. I think Aaron Rodgers said that. We we need to get home field advantage. Okay. Okay. Well, the Eagles got home field advantage the, the next year. Mm-hmm. And they played Tampa Bay, of all teams. And it was going to be cold. And then all the talk was, and they had a good year that year. Um, they Again, they, they, they got the top seed. They got home field advantage. And... They're going to go to Super Bowl, right? I mean, they're they're the best team in 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 the NFC, and they're getting Tampa in the NFC Championship game. Not the Rams, who they thought they were. You know, that was coming off the Rams Super. Uh, they had been they'd won the NFC two years in a row, I believe. Um, but they get Tampa, who they had beaten earlier in the season. Um, the Tampa was at that point had never won when the temperature was below a certain whatever it was thirty five or thirty two, whatever. And it was and it was below that. And they lose again, and then they lose the next year again. They get home field again. They lose. They they shouldn't have beat the Packers that year, but they did because Mike Sherman was Mike Sherman. Um, but then he, they play Carolina, and they lose to Carolina. Uh-huh. And my think, and again, it was just my no, my thinking was Andy was a was a he didn't change up like you got to do be a little different in the playoffs. And I could be wrong. Yes. Just me. I'm not a yes. coach, but but I covered the team. Like the stuff he did worked all regular season, but like they, they always say, players have to pick up their their games in the play. Like you got to step up in the in the playoffs, and some guys do, and some guys don't. Well, coaches do too. And like that Tampa game, for instance, Andy had a good. Andy thought had what he thought was a good game plan. Probably the same game plan that that had beaten Tampa earlier in the year. Um, well, Tampa came out and did things totally different. Gruden was coaching Tampa then, and he came. He well, he knew he had to be do, do different because he lost to the Eagles, so he had to do something. He couldn't do the same thing, or he'd lose again. He came out. He ran out of passing formations. He threw out of running formation. 
he whatever the Eagles thought they were going to do, they didn't do. And it, and the Eagles were kind of confused by it. Um, they hit him for a couple big plays here, big play there. Um, so I, that was my thinking. That was like, you know, you got to be there. Like you're you're saying the players got to step up, and that, that's obviously true. But I thought the coaches had to do little things, a little just do something. And and again, I understand when things work all year. Why change? Because it's worked all year. So why would you change it? But you have you have to be a little different. You 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 have to do something. I don't know. Um, and then they finally did get over the hump. They beat Atlanta the fourth year and got to the Super Bowl, lost to New England. But um, it was just you know it was a weird and it's very similar. It's very similar. Um, but the Packers are going through the last the last the Packers last three seasons are very similar to those three Eagles seasons. The only difference is that the Eagles lost three straight championship games. Um, Packers, didn't, the get Packers last year. didn't get to the championship game last year. They lost two. They lost the, the week prior, but um, you know, one on the road, two at home, same thing, you know, and again, and a lot of it is, is I know what the Eagles won, you know, like the Carolina year. I don't think that, that, that was a bad loss, but, they were kind of, they shouldn't have been there. They they should have lost. The Eagles were banged up. The Eagles went into the playoffs kind of banged up that that year. They had about three or four guys, um, three key guys that weren't a hundred percent. Some didn't play at all. Some played, but they weren't. They probably shouldn't have. Um, so that was a factor. Uh, the Tampa game, there was no excuse. They were that was their year. That was their best team. That was it. That was a team that that should have. Got to the Super Bowl, and I think they would have beat the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that. Yeah, that was a team that had no. There was no no getting around that. That you know, they were the best team all all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that's something that I don't know. Tampa that Tampa beat them that day. Right. Uh, and same with Green Bay again. The first year when they lost San Francisco, that was a nice year. You know, Matt Lafleur's first year. No one thought they're coming off two losing seasons. And they get to the NFC Championship game. Hey, you know, and they lose on the road. All right, well, that happens. They should not have lost to Tampa. They were better than Tampa Bay. Right. That was the year that I think they were the best team in football. That was a mess. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have it would have little watered down. I mean, I'm kind of being a hater right now. A little watered down because of the the no fans and COVID. But they were well, they they had they had it all in front of them, and it still counts, and it's still in the record books, and it's still Super Bowl, it's still a championship, and they should have at least been in Tampa where, you know, it would have been nice if Rodgers goes to the Super Bowl and I think they beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs had I a really too. bad offensive line. I yep. think that that all of us, you would never hear anything about Rodgers playing in Florida again. He won a championship there. Oh, right. yeah. You know, like he used to have, you know, the Packers used to have problems in, in uh, New Orleans. Well, they won a Super Bowl there. So it's like, yeah. and of course they did in Jerry World because they, you know, they own that place. Rodgers is part, part owner of the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, but just the whole fact that this team still needs to learn how to be going into January was really eye-opening to me in their fourth attempt under Matt LaFleur to go win a championship. And this team can still very much do it, even though they're young in a lot of areas and they're thin on depth in a lot of areas. And there's a lot of things that have to go right for the Packers this year in order for them to See, you, get to the playoffs I, and I do well. I think differently than, than you do about that. I think if I had to rank the NFC from 1 to 16, I think I have them too. Well, sure, but it doesn't even it doesn't even matter if they're the the best team in the NFC and there's a, a the, the the second place team isn't close. Like, 
I still don't I don't know how confident I am just because of what I've seen the Packers turn in. When they lose in the playoffs, they 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 tend to be very disappointing. And to hear Tunyon say to hear Tunyon say that and say, hey, we just kind of you know, mentally and emotionally, like we've got to find a second gear and we've got to find that motivation. Like, listen, I under, I understand, and I said this on Quick Slants. I get that it's a grind. It's a seventeen game, eighteen week season. You're not, you don't get to see your friends and family. You're very regimented. You're almost like a robot. You're programmed every single week, every day is is you get one day off. Every day is accounted for. All of your stuff, your meetings, and all that kind of stuff too. And it gets to be a lot. And then you get to the end of the season and you're tired and you just. You want a break, but it's like, hey, it's it's the playoffs. You've got to either show up and play and win. And it just seems to me, and it's easy for me to sit here armchair at home who isn't getting banged up, beat up, and hasn't been getting hit for 18 weeks straight and doesn't have this recurring injury and bumps and bruises and stuff like that and say, like, how can you not be motivated for the playoffs? But it's a real thing. And that's as much as we sit here and talk about the death chart and how much the rookies will contribute and who's going to be the best this and who's going to be the best that and will special teams not blow it this year there's even more to it which is something that isn't like physical on the field it's it's mental and emotional no you're 100% right and but every team goes through that we're we're nitpicking because we're we're doing a pod, a podcast called pack a day yeah um but i mean you know only one team wins the last game. You know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, if, if, if we were doing Bills a day, yeah, um, you'd, be, you'd be up, you know, how did they lose last year? You know, what, what happened there? Um, you know, so many teams, you know, the Rams until last year, I mean. Didn't get it done. You know, the 49ers. I mean, that's a team everybody talks about every year. 49ers, this, 49ers, 49ers. Shanahan still has a losing record, doesn't he? Yeah, he and they and they haven't won. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Ricky Waters. The last time they won a Super Bowl, he was on the team and scored ninety-five touchdowns in that Super Bowl, right? Ninety-four, four or five, whatever it was. Nineteen ninety-four. Yep. Yeah, long time ago. Well, very long time ago. It was well, and and so in the last since the last championship, right? Because you said they they've been successful in playoffs and all that stuff. They, you know, only one team wins the last game of the year. But the problem is the Packers haven't gotten to that last game of the year, and they've had at least four teams since 2010 that I think should have been playing in a Super Bowl. Four? 20, uh, 2011. Who did they lose today? The Giants. Oh, God. They were 15-1. and one. They oh, lost, yeah. They no, lost to the Giants. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was It was too cold. I say to no, no, that, that was the 2011 was Rodgers. That was the 15 oh, and one season. Oh, after they won the Super Bowl. After, yeah. So, so 2011, oh, okay. 2011, 2014, 2020, and you can make an argument for last year again too. 2021. I think those are the 14. 2016, they 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 got hot, run the table, all that. But you know, I don't know. I I I won't include that team in there. Is that and, the team and, that lost to Atlanta. Right, which yeah, oh, bad. No, they weren't held. They had they had nobody playing that. They right, and that's why I didn't up. put them. That's why I didn't put them in there. No, and and, no, and twenty fifteen, like twenty fifteen, started out hot, but then they they just you know kind of lost themselves, and then that's the year they lost to the Giants. That was in the second round, also. That wasn't the championship. Divisional, divisional round. Right. When that, that the defense really wasn't good that year. No, it wasn't. But I still think you're 15 and one, and you no, have you're right. and you're you right. have and you have home field, and you've been here, done this before. This movie has played out before. Tom Coughlin comes into Lambeau Field 
in the cold with a team that's got a really no, good defense. Right. They, and, they, and shouldn't have, they should have beat the Giants. Eli who throws was, a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Like, it was so, so frustrating. 2014, I don't even want to talk about. We we know about that. Who, who would they Who would they have played if they beat the Giants? The next week, uh, you know, I don't even, I don't even remember. Who did Giants beat in the champion in the NFC title game? Yeah, I mean that's that's, I that's funny because I don't, I don't either, I don't either. I, we we should know that was it? I think it was either. What I want to say was it Atlanta? I might be in 2012. Thinking about that, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not was exactly. It, was it Dallas? Because because the Giants were a wild card, right? Uh, it could have been. I, I should look that up, but um, yeah, you're right. They probably should have at least gotten to the championship game that that, um, that year. I know they were 15 to one, and yeah, you could obviously make the argument that they should have gotten should have gotten to the Super Bowl. Yes, the Seattle year, there's no doubt. Again, though, but go. You know what? That game going into that game, I didn't think they were going to beat Seattle. I, I I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't either. But then the way that they played for oh, they, fifty they dominated them for forty for fifty nine minutes. Yeah. Right. So then it was like, well, they should be there then. I, no, my, you're right. You you're know, right. the mood changed, and then the mood changed again. <laughs> no, you're right. They, I didn't think. I thought they overachieved. Like when they got to that game, I'm like, wow, they they had a great. This is good. They're you know they're, they're not probably not going to win in Seattle, but hey, they got the NFC Championship game with a team that I didn't think was, you know. Well, they had to. They also had to survive the NFL's officiating and and uh, deciding how to call a rule that they can't seem to get straight, which is what is a catch. So they yeah. had to. They had to survive that the week prior and then get to the NFC Championship game. They were still won that game. I don't want to hear about that. Was caught it or not caught it? That wasn't. Last oh, no, I don't game. doubt that because again, it's 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 Dallas. I mean, Dallas must have sold their soul to win those games in the '90s because they have done nothing against the Packers yeah, exactly. since then. That's and and, and the Niners. It's, it's, it's and it's the opposite. The Packers dominated the Niners. And lately, in the last 15 years, San Francisco's had the advantage. Yeah. But, I mean, again, like what – and, again, we're Packer fans, and we do pack a day, and, and, and we care. And we know the game. But we're, we're, we're nitpicking and picking out what the Packers didn't do. And you're right. But I always say this. There's – what teams have – all right. Take New England out of the mix because that's New England. The, the they've been Brady and they've done, they've been a dynasty, okay, which is un, unheard of in, in today's sports because of free agency and caps. And it's, it's amazing what, what Belichick and Brady did. But I mean, like you said, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, quote unquote America's team, have done nothing, nothing in how many years? Right. Right? The Eagles, all right, they won one Super Bowl. It all went their way that year. I mean, they won it with a backup quarterback who hasn't been who's third string everywhere he's been since. Um, and they've done nothing other than that year. You know, Bears, Lions, Vikings, the three teams in the division. The Lions haven't done anything in 100 years. The Bears haven't done anything in a long, long time. And the Vikings have no have nothing. Nothing, ever. Right. Yeah. Zero. Right. <laughs> you know, the Red Washington, whatever they call themselves now, they haven't been relevant in how long? Right. The Giants, they had their moments, but they've been got. I mean, the last five years, they're the they are the worst team in football. Right. They have the worst record in football over the last five years. Right. You know, the Rams now are, but they had their they they were down for a long time. Now they're, 
They're good. Well, Rams all these teams and, seem like they're going to be good for a, a number of years, but then none of them hardly ever get get to back-to-back Super Bowls. The last NFC team to do it was Seattle in 2013 and 2014. We haven't had a repeat in, in a back-to-back, appeared in back-to-back Super Bowls. They didn't win, but they went. Right. And well, so, who's the last Who's the last team to win back-to-back without, but besides Brady? Denver? I think so. I think you'd have to go back to the Broncos in yeah. 90, uh, 97, 98. When they cheated, they were over the salary cap. Oh yeah, I. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't remember or, or remember. Well, first of all, some of our audience was very young back then too. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, all they all they all they did was take a third round pick away from them. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> big you know, slap on the big slap on the wrist. I mean, San Francisco, as you pointed out. That's I didn't realize. I mean, that's a long time that they haven't won anything. Right. It it really has Arizona? been. It, 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 it really has been. But the thing is, is the Packers have been good most of those years, and so that's why the Packers get a lot of flack. Where it's like, oh, you're wasting Rodgers and all that. I don't believe in that, but they get a lot of flack because it's like, well, you keep making all these playoffs, but you're not. You don't really do anything, and so it's kind of become this thing where it's like, yeah, you're in the Was playoffs, it not but like, to make the playoffs? well, no, that's of course you would. But what I'm saying is, is from the from the lens of someone else looking at it, they're saying, hey. You're you're getting there, but you're not you're not really winning anything. And it's like you said something earlier that's a hundred percent what what I said too, which is the playoffs is different. You can't just waltz into the playoffs and expect to do eighty percent of what you've done all season and that it works. You've, you really have to prepare. You got to be ready for wrinkles from the other team. They're going to try to steal some points here and there because that could be the difference between moving on and going home. And you've got to be able to. Also, install some wrinkles and try to steal a couple yeah. of extra points. What do you think Seattle was doing when they fake punted at the end of the first half? What do you, you know? What do you think some of these teams are doing when they're scouting these weaknesses on the Packers and saying, "Hey, this is a playoff game. This is a good team. Let's not let them come in and surprise us. Let's make sure that we walk out of here winners." And that's the difference between teams that win in the playoffs and don't. And that's also a part of being ready, both the coaching staff and players, mentally, emotionally. Like, you know, let's not let the same crap that's gotten us before get us down again. So no, you're right. So we'll And the last two the last two and you can throw Seattle in there as well. And probably the giant game too for that matter. But the last two the Packers beat themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't I hate I hate saying that. I hate taking anything away from San Francisco and Tampa Bay because they, they did enough to win, obviously, but the Packers beat themselves, especially last year. That, I mean, I think you said it, and I agree with you that the blocked punt—if they just—if someone just falls on the ball and they give the Niners the ball at the five-yard line, I'm not sure they score. Right? They were terrible offensively. They were awful. I'm not sure they—they they, they might have had to settle for a field goal, or mm-hmm. if they probably would have gone for it, and maybe I don't. I'm not sure they get they get. I would have. Matter of fact, I don't think they would have gotten seven points. I really don't. Um, you know, and then the Tampa Bay game, yeah, Tampa's defense played well. I'm not going to take anything away from their defense. They, they, they played well, but you know, whether you want to blame Kevin King or Mike Patton or both play before the half should never happen. Nope. And if you want to take it a step further the, the play before the half wouldn't have happened if Will Redmond, Redmond catches the ball, the ball thrown right to him. Yeah. You know, um, Aaron Jones rarely fumbles. Fumbled. Mercedes Lewis rarely fumbles. He, yeah, fumbled. Um, you know, and then even the 
even the last going back again, and I and I never want to blame refs for things because it usually evens out. But that game, they they let both teams mug each other the whole game, which is and I like that. Let them play football. It's football. You know, you don't have to throw a flag every other play. And they throw a flag on Kevin King at the worst possible time. Right. Well, it was you a know? penalty, but they they weren't. It was, but they so weren't it calling it. Twenty other plays. They weren't calling it exactly. You know. Right. The play where Rodgers got intercepted was a penalty. Right. They didn't call it. They were letting him play. Yeah. It's like a. It's like in baseball. You know, the umpire calls a, a, a high pitch a strike the whole game, and in the ninth inning. The base is loaded. He calls that same pitch a ball and walks in the winning run. Yeah, the Angel Hernandez factor there. I probably yeah, just gave I mean, a bunch yeah. of baseball fans a bunch of angst. But, <laughs> but I mean, no, I mean, and, and we could, we could, I mean, you know, tons of examples here. But I think, I think the point is, is, is preseason games are starting. Matt Lafleur's got a decision to make, and what is he going to do differently this year? And hopefully, what is the team going to do differently this year to try? to get themselves over. They've got a new set of challenges in front of them. They can't just, you know, it's not going to be the same thing as, as just fixing what happened bad last year. Cause there's a whole new set of challenges this year. Some they didn't have last year and some that they did. So it's different from year to year, but I'm just excited that there's some football to watch and yeah. it'll be, it'll be tangible and we can actually see, you know, Romeo Dobbs, if he's going to play, uh, we can actually see if he can be, you know, if he can beat a, beat a, beat a corner on the other team. And I'm sure he can, but, He's been, you know, he's been beating up against the same guys. Now he's been playing against some pretty good defensive backs in practice, so I would say that would probably bode well for him. But that's just one of of many things that we'll be looking at. So now that the, I guess now that the preseason games are starting, remind me because uh, you've been over Pack Report for a while now. So how does this change what you're what you're writing about? I guess what's up now. We'll transition that into what's up now and what's coming up. Well, what's up now um, is a story about the safeties. Um, when when Savage got hurt the other day. Um, I wrote a story saying basically my, you know, that it's fortunate that he's not hurt badly and, he, he, and he'll be back. And it might also be fortunate that he is going to miss a little bit of time because it's given, it's going to give the team a chance to evaluate and see more of all these guys that are fighting for the three, for the third safety spot, Vernon right. Scott, uh, Carpenter, um, Levitt, um, who am I forgetting? Davis and Gaines. Mm-hmm. And I actually talked to a, I talked to a pro scout, um, long time pro scout, you know, who scouts other teams and he gave me like a quote about each one of those guys and what he thought about them um and what they do well and don't do whatever so yeah that's so that story's up now about the safeties and coming later today is the four things that i want to that i'm going to watch in friday night's game okay i won't i won't tell you what they are because i want you to read the story yeah for sure nice and I'll have a recap of what we what we learned from uh, tomorrow's game from Friday's game on Quick Slants that'll come out on Monday. And if there's anything else noteworthy, there might be a second show as well. I am going to be uh, I'll I'll just tease this now. I've got an upcoming conversation with former Packers guard and former Pro Bowl guard Mike Wall. I'm going to be connecting with him again and chatting with him a little bit. I want to get his thoughts on the offensive line situation. And then also in honor of Leroy Butler getting into the pro football hall of fame, I want to want to get some Leroy Butler stories from Mike Wallace, one of his former teammates. So looking forward to that conversation there. So Mark, in the meantime, I guess we'll have to gather up some more weather for next week. Hopefully things are looking good at the beach. Hopefully the water cools off a little bit for you. That's fine. And otherwise, wherever you're at, thanks everybody for riding along with us. Thanks for those of you sending weather. Uh, Please send it on over. If you want to get it included on the show, Everyone stay cool wherever you're at. Of course, stay hydrated. 
And as always, enjoy the game. And as always, Go Pack Go.